Greetings, innovators. I wanted to talk to you about Anchor. Have you heard of it? If you haven't, guess what? You've already been informally introduced because Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. And I know that because that's how I create my podcast, Vividly Speaking with Dr. Vivid. It's free. It's loaded with a ton of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast. And you can do it from your phone. If you're on the go doing a lot of interviews, you can do it from your computer. And also, you don't even have to do the heavy lifting when it comes to distribution. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, you heard that. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. Therefore, it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more platforms. And Anchor also helps you make money. Yes, Yes, and there aren't any minimum listenership rules with their sponsorship. So it's essentially everything you need to make a podcast, a successful podcast, a less stressful podcast (laughs) in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Tell them Dr. Vivid sent you. Greetings, innovators. How you doing? How's it going? How are ya? It is time for another episode of Vividly Speaking with who else but me, Dr. Vivid. Again, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for lending me your ears, your minds, your hearts. You mean so much to me. So without further ado, let's get into it. So in the theme of always keeping it transparent, the past week tried my spirit. I had a lot of things coming at me personally and professionally. Then the girls were sick. And as you know, um, my biggest small human went back to DC public schools for in-person learning. And because most kids haven't been around each other for a year and a half, we've been keeping colds at bay. But baby, we are now into the thick of it. We are marching into cold and flu season. So she was out of school for a week because I wasn't letting her return until her cold symptoms subsided. And also we had to get a COVID test. And that was like, that, that was a triathlon, like calling places, running to places. It was a lot. Finally, Um, I just got her COVID results today. She's negative, but the weak, honey. So the smallest human is still dealing with her cold and it has been beating her little butt up. And I'm so sad, but I'm loving on her when I can, doing everything that I can to stay well and stay healthy. Because if you're a parent or you're living in a house with kids, you know them germs, baby, them germs. Kids are gross. I love them, but they're gross and they're a breeding ground for everything that is sickly, germy, and dirty. (laughs) So y'all keep my little small human Jojo in your hearts. She, um, she's fine for the most part, but she has these really big bouts of when she's feeling warm or she can't breathe because she's congested and you just want to just like rip your nose out and be like, here, sis, use mine, use mine. But we're getting there. We're getting there. What else have I been into? Okay, if you know me, you know I'm into anything 
music, well, most things music. Um, so I really got into the voice since season one, baby, since season one. And now the Ari, the Grande, Ariana Grande is the newest host. And I really like what the little flavor she brings to the show. If you are a fan of great singers, check out The Voice, man. I always find voices that I fall in love with or I'm throwing a slipper or or, or a pillow or something at my TV because they sing in the house down and I love it. The coaches they have right now, John Legend, love him. We love him. Uh, Ariana, we also have Kelly Clarkson. I love me some Kelly Clarkson. Again, since the first time I saw that face on American Idol. And she's been doing it on The Voice for a few seasons now. And the only original coach, Blake Shelton. I love me some Blake. I love me a cool country boy who knows when they're hip and knows when they're not. I respect that. I respect that. Also, I've been getting back into American Horror Story. I had to binge watch because I've missed so many episodes due to my work schedule. Ryan, Ryan Murphy, what are we going to do with you? And you're giving us this double feature? You know how to make a character that I want to slap the hell out of. Let me take a sip from my drink, y'all. You know how to do it, don't you? Ooh, this little girl that he wrote into the first half of the double feature, baby. I want to beat her up. I want to tell her, meet me outside at 315. I want to beat her up. I want to push her off of a swing. But I know that's frowned upon. But And I also know that she's a fantastic young actress because anybody who can elicit those feelings of, ooh, if I can get my hands on you. But that's what has been <laughs> on my TV. Um, also, a lot of documentaries. I love documentaries. One day I'm just going to give y'all a list of some of my favorites. Um, but I go back and forth between HBO Max and Netflix with my documentaries. Amazon Prime sometimes has a good role of obscure or like, hmm, this is tantalizing documentaries as well. But get into, I love true crime things. I love um, murder mysteries. I love narco-based dramas in documentaries. I love things that, of course, are psychologically based. Ugh. So if you guys have any good documentaries you want to throw my way, see if I haven't seen it already. Throw them. Throw them. <laughs> but you know what? That's enough about what's been going on with me. Let's just jump into it. You know what's next. What goes on here? What's happening? What's going on? Y'all. They had the black people up in arms, hands clutching pearls. They told us our good old sister, you know, she was a friend of mine. They told us that Kelly Price had gone missing. Did y'all see the story? If y'all haven't, let me recap. So... Late last week, they said that our good, good girlfriend, you know, Kelly V. Price, had gone missing 
after being discharged from the hospital with a serious bout of COVID. Her family, some of her family members, um, mainly her sister, and they said also her children came forward saying that they went to go check on her and the hospital had informed them that she had been discharged. And the sister and them, they said, listen, we're going to roll up to the house. We're going to call her phone. And they weren't getting any answers. And then they said her man, which the media, the blogs reported her boyfriend, to which most black folk were like, you mean her husband? What's, what boyfriend? Who is boyfriend? We don't know nothing about no boyfriend. She had a husband. But anyway, so we, our little antennas were like, Mm-mm, what's going on? Boyfriend, we don't know him. But they were saying that her her boyfriend, who we now know was her husband, was saying that um, they he wasn't going to give grant them access to her house, and all of us collectively was like, uh uh-uh, uh, we don't like it. What's going on with our good sis? Is she missing? Is she hurt? Is she somewhere being held against her will? But you know something about black Twitter, black social media. We then got on there and said, let's do some sleuthing. So everybody started looking for the last time that Kelly had posted anything and looking at last interviews and trying to figure out, okay, the sister said what? And after a couple of hours, the lawyer, her attorney came out and said, oh, girl, she's fine. She's resting. She's recovering from, you know, COVIDisha, and she just is in an undisclosed location. To which the kids said, "What you mean undisclosed? She didn't tell her family where she was, honey. This is upsetting us. Let us see her face. Let us see her face." So <laughs> then the sister came back and was like, "I don't believe that. Uh uh-uh, uh uh uh. We didn't talk to her in months." Whew, we were in an uproar. We were like, what's going on? Is she beefing with her family? But if you know anything about Kelly Price, she loves, loves, loves her children. So people were like, well, her kids don't know where she is. What you mean? So Kelly then rose from her undisclosed location like Jesus on the third day and said, y'all, I am still battling COVID. Um, she, she still looked weak and tired and honestly she was very you could tell this the experience weighed heavy on her and then have to explain it she's like yeah um but in true black folk black folk don't try me manner she was like oh my sister I ain't seen her in like mm, a year or so not some months it's been longer than that basically it was given very much (laughs) I don't mess with her um but I'm okay where I am she said that fans were coming to her door and ringing her doorbell and leaving her things. Y'all, now Miss Kelly, the price, doesn't have a reason to tell a fib to us. She doesn't owe us anything, really. We just wanted to make sure sis was okay. But if it's true that some of y'all babies were going to this woman's home and ringing her doorbell, and leaving her things while she's recovering from COVID. I could see why she just up and leave like a thief in the night. She said, you know what? I can't deal. I can't rest. 
get me an Airbnb, get me out of here ASAP. Don't tell nobody where I am, where I'm going. If anybody asks you <laughs> where I'm going, she said, don't tell them nothing, baby. She gathered her things and she said, I'll be back when I'll be back. But what's happening, what goes on here? Sister, to the sister of the Kelly V. Price. Yes, I'm going to keep saying V. Price because if you don't know who Kelly Price is, I want you to Google it now. But sister, now why would you go and get us up in arms like this? What was the purpose? I hate when family stuff gets thrown out into the open when it needs to be dealt with. Um, in a private manner. And this ain't saying, you know, don't keep your dirty laundry out on the line. This is saying something else is going on here. And instead of handling it in a mature manner, you went in a route that causes harm and cause worry and concern. For what re- What was the reason? Don't do that. No, no, look at you. You look crazy. You done made all of our blood pressures rise. You done made Paul Kelly come from her resting bed to explain to TMZ of all people that she is recovering. She said that she had like um, organ damage. She said she flatlined. She said we almost lost her. And you up here calling the blogs, alerting the media, calling the people. This is why some folk don't speak to family for years and years on end. This is why some people cut those ties. They disconnect because there's there's always someone staring up the pot. And instead of using their emotional intelligence and their verbal skills to come to contact someone in a mature manner, in a sane fashion, here they go. Leave Kelly alone and let her rest. She, she, she's a friend of mine. All right. All right. Let's get to the next segment. So if you look at the title of this week's episode, you see the death of it all. This week, I wanted to talk to you guys about the complexity of grief. And we're not just talking about the grief that you experience when someone passes away, when someone leaves their physical form and dies. We're talking about loss in the form of friendships that we're grieving, um, parts of our lives that we have parted ways with. We're talking about lifestyles that we are grieving. Let's talk about grief. Now, one thing for sure is the experience of grief during the pandemic as has been overwhelming for many of us because when we talk about actual loss of life, we're seeing it um, under a different lens with new variables involved. We're not able to connect with many of our loved ones when we talk about memorial services and funerals and rituals and rites. 
So that's been really hard for many of us. I um, had a couple of people pass away in my family and people that are family friends pass away over the last year and a half um, as recently as a few weeks ago. And not being able to go to a, f- a funeral and attend in person due to health concerns was hard for me, you know, especially when you want to be there for those that are left behind to, you know, keep the legacy of that person alive. It's been difficult. Um, and even though so many people have streamed services, it's not the same as being able to hug on someone. It's not the same as being able to wipe a tear, pass a tissue, share a smile, go to a repass and, you know, share a hug and a laugh over a good home cooked plate of food in somebody's living room in a church fellowship hall outside on the steps. It's not the same. So to all those who have experienced physical loss of life, I extend my condolences and I do say to you that it's okay if it's hit a lot different, if death and loss has hit you harder than you normally would perceive it to be hitting you because a lot of things are different. Also, I've seen a lot of people trying to process how to grieve when their deaths that they are experiencing in their friends and their family life aren't COVID related or, you know, trying to let people know if it was COVID related or not. And that's something that we really haven't seen since the AIDS epidemic hit the scene where you had people keeping it hush or hurrying up to it was, you know, we're talking about the, the the late 80s, early 90s. It was the AIDS. You know, they had the virus, you know, or saying it was something else so that people wouldn't know. We're seeing a resurgence of that because there are people who are ashamed that people have contracted a virus. There are people who don't want to alert or alarm other people. There are people who just kind of want to go and achieve whatever normalcy they can without having to broadcast that they were personally and directly affected by it. So there are so many things that are going on when it comes to loss of life. But there are also people who have lost jobs, who have lost careers, who have lost friendships, who have lost relationships, their partners, marriages, who have lost relationships with their children, with their family members during this time, whether it be due to political ideology, ethics, morals, or whatever family conflict or personal conflict they had. But because many people are just starting to socialize on a somewhat normal level again, whatever our new normal looks like from day to day, that feeling of loss is really sitting heavy with people. I tell you, um, and excuse any noise you hear, for some reason they are trying to tear up the street (laughs) where I live and it's so annoying. But I tell people, 
you have to realize that grief isn't just about death. The death of a physical person. It's about the death of a relationship, the death of connections, the death of what you thought you had, what you thought was established for you. How are you processing that grief right now? In a time where many of us feel like so many people are grieving, are you comparing your grief to others? Well, I can't grieve as hard as her because, you know, that was just my friend, but that was her husband. Well, I know I'm feeling a loss right now. I broke up with this person or I said goodbye to this piece of my professional endeavors. I said goodbye to this friendship and I'm hurting, but I don't want to let people know because their grief feels bigger than mine. Do I have the space to grieve? The answer is yes. We're not going to play comparison weights when it comes to grief. Loss comes in so many shapes, forms, sizes that whether it's the loss of the family pet or the loss of your job, the loss of a piece of your educational trajectory because your school closed or because COVID cases rose, so they said, okay, back to virtual learning, and then you got hit with the hurricane, so half of your campus lost so many of its resources, so you're trying to figure out, where do I go from here? There's so many things to take into account when we talk about personal loss, and I think it's important for everyone to realize that you should grieve. You should allow yourself to feel that. Something was taken from you. Something is gone that you were used to being there. Something has shifted. You are feeling the absence of a person, a place, a thing, and it's real. And you have all right to be upset. You have all right to be angry. You have all right to be confused. You have all right to say, this is a lot for me right now. Don't allow the myth that the only thing we should grieve is physical death to stop you from processing your own loss. There are some people who are listening who may have started a project or may have gone out on a limb to start their entrepreneurial endeavors or partner with someone. And because of everything that's going on during the pandemic, now they can't finish the way they wanted to, or things are halted or things ended abruptly. And they're trying to figure out, well, damn, what do I do now? Because this loss hit me. They're grieving because They were so ready and they were so invested emotionally. And now they have to figure out, like most of us do when we experience a a loss, how do I move on? How do I move forward? How do I push when this, the absence of all I hope for 
is sitting so heavy on my heart? And the answer to that question is taking your time. Understanding that some of the things that happened during the pandemic are way beyond our control. And also understanding that it may take time for you to recover, for you to move in a different way. And that's okay. There's a very Americanized sense of grief. Um, I talk to clients all the time and we discuss the fact that as Americans, after six months to a year of a loss, people are like, oh, you're still upset? It's been a year. It's been two years. It's been three years. Grief knows no time span. You can be fine two days after a loss and then wake up six months later and something hit you and you be a hot mess, sobbing, yelling, anxiety attack, feeling down, feeling guilty. You can be fine for a span of years and here's something that reminds you of an ex-friend, an ex-lover, someone who's passed on, something that you wanted to do but you couldn't finish and instantly be in your feels. And it's okay. I don't believe in putting a duration on grief. And when we talk about the stages of grief, they're not linear either, you know? Grief doesn't happen in a straight line. You cycle through. You can bargain and then be mad. You can be upset, be mad, be angry, and then hit a period of acceptance and then hit a period of this great sadness, disbelief. And then go right back to being mad. <laughs> you know, it, it happens in cycles. And the most important thing to remember is your feelings are valid. Accepting loss is hard. And even though we accept it, it doesn't mean that we no longer feel it. You know? We can accept that someone's not here with us in the physical. We can accept that that relationship wasn't the best for us and we had to go our separate ways. We can accept the fact that we had to distance ourselves from our family because of the toxic connections and the nature of the relationship. We can accept the fact that we have to go a different career route or a different professional route because this job no longer exists or this investment fell through. We can accept all of those things, but it doesn't mean that that shit doesn't hurt. So process the hurt. If you need to cry, cry. If you need to scream, cuss, fuss, journal it out, do the things that allow you to release the emotions that you're feeling in the moment. Do it safely. But do it authentically. And don't worry about who's keeping track of how you're grieving. This isn't their experience. You own your emotions. You're allowed to grieve 
for how long, forever how long you need to until the process has given you what you needed to get from it. One person's way of grieving, their style of going about it, it definitely may not mirror yours. And that's fine. Now I will say, if you feel like the grieving and bereavement experience for you, your experience of loss is putting you in a place where you can't think clearly on a regular basis and it's been so long and the distress, the depression, the sadness, the heaviness, the rage, the anger is too much for you and it's not a thing that shifts, I definitely would recommend that you reach out to a therapist, a professional, so they can help you process those stages in a safe place, in a healthy manner, so that you can function at your best while you're processing this absence, this loss, and its impact on you and what it means for you in the rest of your life. Grief is complex. It's not a straight line. It's not black and white. There's a lot of gray. There's a lot of confusion, a lot of overwhelming feelings, a lot of ebbs and flows. And it's okay that you experience them. Allow yourself to connect with those emotions. I think loss teaches us, and this may seem cliche, to be so grateful for the things that remain. So to those of you who have experienced loss, I ask you to look for the positive memories of what once was. I ask you to be motivated by the absence to create something else that you can dedicate to that memory. I ask you to be gentle with yourself, be patient with yourself, And most of all, understand that you are loved and that the hurt, it may feel heavy, but it'll pass. Yes, it may come back, but you'll have moments where you can breathe easy. You'll have moments where it doesn't bother you as much on the Monday as it did last Friday. You'll have moments of realization, happiness, understanding, reflection that will do your soul good. I extend my condolences for you, to you and yours, for any person or anything, for any piece of you that you may have lost. Oh, let's touch on that piece of you piece before we wrap this this segment up. Some of us have been so boggled with carrying on about things for other people and trying to put the pieces together during this time and dealing with everything COVID and pandemic related on top of our daily lives, our day-to-day, moment-to-moment, that we have lost parts of ourselves. Those artistic motivations, those creative juices, the will to live for ourselves and not for others. So 
So to those of you who have lost pieces of yourself, I give you time to grieve. But I also give you time to reflect and figure out what you need to pour into yourself so that when the dead pieces that served you nothing, that didn't benefit you fall off, the things that grow because you're nurturing yourself during that grief, ooh, they blow your mind, knock you off your feet and set you up for a comeback that is so phoenix rising from the ashes that you're going to be gasping and gagging yourself. <laughs> you won't be able to believe it. I wish that for you. I want that for you. Collect your things. Gather your things that are left. Grieve the things that are lost but get ready for the things that are about to be born. Let's get into the rest of this episode. It's time for whale mail, y'all. Yes, I am so grateful for all of you for submitting questions because I love being able to connect with you guys on this level about Mental health and wellness, what's on your heart, what's on your mind, what's on your spirit. And today's well mail comes from them TikTok streets. TikTok loves me a little bit and I love them back. I love them back. So I do Cope Chat with Dr. Vivid every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on TikTok. And it's basically an expansive live version of well mail. And one of my TikTok fam, bam, said, listen, I got looked over for a job position and I'm trying to figure out how to push past this feeling, knowing that I deserved it. But for whatever reason, again, they've chosen to look over me and fail to give me this promotion. How do I process that? How do I move forward? So rejection sucks, okay? Rejection sucks. We hate being told no. We hate when our heart is set on something and it's pushed away from us. And we hate it even more. When we know I'm qualified, I'm good at this, I've prepared for this, I deserve this. But for whatever malicious or petty or ridiculous reason, someone tells us, no, you can't have it. Despite how you look on paper, despite how you show up every day, you can't have it. But let me tell you something about rejection. Rejection is a gift. Because sometimes it prevents us from being stuck in places who don't see us for who we truly are, who don't value us. Sometimes it prevents us from walking through a door that will be locked behind us and will keep us from 
truly advancing, truly growing, and truly grabbing the things that we work for. Sometimes we need to hear a no to be able to strategize and think about the best way for us to go get our true yes. Who's going to give us the yes? Or maybe I need to carve out my own yes. Maybe I'm being told no because I'm asking people. I'm asking them when really the only person who can give me permission is myself. Maybe I need to be focusing my energy on expanding beyond what I thought they would give me. Sometimes our gifts are too big for the room. And if you've been connected to me in any way, form or fashion, you know that's one of my favorite things to say. Sometimes our gifts are really too big for the room. And why stuff them into a small space when there are rooms being built that will fit you comfortably? They don't won't just fit you snug, but actually are being built by people who are just waiting for you to grow. So not only have they created the space or are waiting for you to collaborate with them to create the space so you can fit. They're saying, uh-uh, we want more than a fit. We want growth because if we're looking at your potential right now, we want to make sure we plan for the future. So don't look at rejection as a failure or the end of it all, the death of it all. It's not. It's the chance for you to reflect and strategize. It's the chance for you to say, well, where am I needed? Where am I wanted? It's the chance for you to say, hmm, well, this is how they're going to go about it. Let me edit. Let me pivot. And let me really grab what I need to grab. Let me get to cooking it up, to whipping it up, to grinding it out so that I can achieve the goals that I have set for myself. Because the goals are going to get achieved regardless of what they have to say about it. Because they're not the final answer. They're not the end all. They're not the final say so. You professional, you creative, you artist. You person full of talent, full of gifts, full of joy, full of content. (laughs) You are the ultimate editor. So take that note. Take some notes. And go march forth to get your true yes. Even if you need to give it to yourself. If you guys want to submit well mail, you can DM me on Instagram. Send me a message on TikTok, Twitter. You also can email me at contact at drvivid.com. And that's D-O-C-T-O-R-V-I-V-I-D.com. Thanks, guys. Y'all, it's time to take a beat. So I got on um, TikTok for a coke chat with Dr. Vivid, and one of the things that I was talking about was playlists and what music do you play when you're happy, when you're sad, when you're mad, when you need to cry. And 
a lot of people gave me some cool song suggestions. And I told you a little bit about what I use when I need to have a good cry and take a beat. I think the last episode. And I wanted to definitely add some songs that I I need to listen to or I love to listen to when I'm I need a moment of reflection not just that cathartic release of crying but reflection and one of my big songs is definitely PJ Morton let go let God um and not just because yeah that's off his gospel album but PJ has a way of putting melody and lyrics together that do something for your spirit. And when I hear that song and I hear the arrangement, it forces me to kind of sit with myself and have moments of let me pay attention to what's going on with me. Let me pay attention to what's going on in my life and why I feel so strongly or why I'm not feeling as strongly as I should. And that's definitely off of. So it's actually God can and let go. And it's off his. um, He's done it a couple of times with other artists like the Walls Group or, you know, but on the gospel according to PJ, um, they came out last year as God Can Let Go and it's featuring Smokey Norfolk. And another song that I like to listen to is Repay You with Jay Moss. When I need to have a reflective moment about the things that I've gone through, the things that I've been through, what's on my heart and my mind, my soul, woo, that song takes me there. So I wanted to, you know, come back to you with those reflective songs. But let's talk about the things that I've really been getting into. Yes, I'm still listening to Montero. We're still listening to it. I really love it. You know what I'm waiting for, though? Baby, JoJo, not my smallest human. But yes, her her nickname is connected to one of my favorite voices, JoJo, Joanna. You know, you may know her as Leave, get out right now. Yes, I love her. Did you know we share the same birthday? Yes. Did you know I got to sing with her when I was in high school? Yes, it made my life. But JoJo, her upcoming album is Trying Not To Think About It. And I'm so ready for it. Let me just read the track listing for y'all. So when it comes out this week, y'all already know that that's what I'm going to be listening to at the time the next episode drops. But um, World of Sunshine intro, Anxiety, Berlinda's theme. So JoJo said that she named her Anxiety Berlinda as a way to personify it, to confront it. And I love it. Ooh, I'm, oh, we're going to talk about this next episode for sure. Sure. Dissolve. Good Enough Interlude, B.I.D., Feel All Right, Fresh New Sheets, Sugars and Carbs, Spiral Season, Nikki Sound Bath, Worst, I Assume, and Lift. So 
So the song that I have been playing is Worst Parentheses, I assume. And it's all about self-sabotage and how we will assume the worst of those that we're in relationships with. Assume that they're going to hurt us. They're going to leave us. They're going to do us wrong because of our past traumas and traumatic experiences, our past um, relationships and those negative patterns and how that sometimes leads us to sabotage our relationships not leaving any room for healing and growth and I love this song Joanna please snatch our wigs please do it I'm begging you what else have I been listening to randomly your best friend Kiana Lede and Kilani it's a bop love the song love the song love the song I also kind of been in and out of listening to some older tracks that I really love. Like <laughs> the other day I listened to Notorious Thugs. Um, that's, you know, that's Biggie and Bone Thugs Harmony. I don't know. So when I'm feeling like I need to be a thug, that's the song I go to. <laughs> and also I've listened to, of course, Jasmine Sullivan. That's not old, but I'm just telling you Jasmine Sullivan. Hotels is a bop. Um, Kirby, Kirby still on rotation. I also like to listen to, you know, what I love. I'm into the ballroom scene. So sometimes when I need to give myself that pep and that joy and like be that bad, you know, that you need to be to get through the moment, some good ballroom commentary, some chants, baby, will lift thy spirits. And I need that from the kids. What do you do? What do you listen to to get you pumped? What's your pump me up song? Um, <laughs> trying to think. I, I love me some Rick Ross. Don't ask. I don't know why Rick Ross is my go-to song for working out. Any, any Rick Ross, any Uncle Ricky um, when I'm trying to work out or when I'm trying to like really you know push through I'm like yeah Rick no Rick no also come on like one of my biggest pump me up songs is when J-Rock how can you not how can you not King's Dead come on how can you not how can you not from the Black Panther uh, soundtrack how can you not But that's the things that I've been listening to over the past week to get me through, to give me joy, to give me energy, to pump me up. Let me know what you're listening to. We may have some things in common and you may put me on to something new. For today's Do It Yourself, our DIY, I wanted to talk to y'all about trigger list and counter list. So trigger lists um, are things that I actually work with my clients on. And I've actually done some anxiety fighter workshops where we've talked about creating trigger lists. And it's just that writing down a list of things that causes you distress, that causes you anxiety, depression, that um, you notice occur right before a manic episode or when you have pauses or breaks from reality. Writing those triggers down and then writing your counter list. 
things that are helpful for you when you're experiencing those moments, people that you can call on that are supportive, that you can talk to when you're going through those moments, specific things you need to tell yourself, you need to remind yourself when you're experiencing those triggers and things that you need to do to be kind to yourself to recover from those moments. So what you're doing is being proactive. You know what happens when you feel this way. You know what happened when this trigger comes into your space, when you're experiencing this trigger. How are we going to face it? How are we going to deal with it so we can get you through the moment and you can recover in a way that's the best way for you to feel not completely 100% better, but at least could get you to the point of, I feel something other than this negative emotion. I feel neutral. I feel a little better. I feel a lot better. I'm on the road to feeling better. It's all about doing things that are going to help you get through the moment and not have to sit there for so long. And also having tools on hand so when you feel things arising that you can kind of get ahead of it. So there are some times when we can feel ourselves beginning to be triggered by certain things that are happening, by certain um, conversations, and we can feel ourselves emotionally and physiologically responding. Like sometimes I may get warm or get hot when I'm getting upset. Or, you know, um, the feeling in the chest that I get when I'm having an anxiety attack or the feeling in my body when I feel like a depressive episode is coming on. And for some of my clients describe um, when they're triggered by stress and how it feels um, right before they experience a, a psychotic episode, they, they know something is off and certain messages they may get. So trigger lists and counter lists are great for your toolbox because we're not just focusing on what's wrong. We're focusing on how we can make it right, how we can make it better and things that we can do to calm us down or to get us to a point where we can focus, we can process we can come out of an experience before it gets deeper. Or if it does have to go a little bit deeper, because sometimes that's the way life is, we're prepared for the next episode. So put together a trigger list and a counter list. Talk about it with your therapist if you haven't ever. Um, Share it with the supportive members of your tribe. You don't have to share it all. But you can share it with them so they can suggest things that you can do when you're having a moment or experiencing an episode. Um, Like if you tell them five things off the list. So before they step in or before you call them in and and the rest of your backup, they can say, well, have you done this? Okay. Did you try this and this? Well, let's try this and then we'll get this ready. It's nothing like having a supportive team, a supportive tribe, a network that loves you 
accepts you and understands that you have bad days just like you have good days, but they're here to help you get through it. So let them know how they can help. And let me know how I can help if you want some help with constructing your list. Welcome to the cool down. This is the part of the episode where we focus on breathing, mindfulness, relaxation, and you taking a moment for your own wellness. Now, if you can follow along as I guide you through this exercise, please do. If not, because you're working, parenting, or doing something that demands your full awareness right now, don't worry. You can always pause this and come back to it later. Let's start with a deep breath. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Now I want you to close your eyes and visualize yourself in a a field an open field it's beautiful you feel so safe here it's inviting the weather is perfect inhale exhale I want you to walk through the grass Inhale, exhale. As you're walking, you spot a blanket. This blanket is your favorite color and it looks so comfortable. It's the perfect texture. It feels great on your skin. You're gonna sit on this blanket, lay on this blanket if you wish. This blanket is under a big tree with the perfect amount of shade. Not too cool, but just right for you. The wind blows. I want you to imagine the sound that the leaves create as the wind blows through them. And you take a deep breath in and let it out. This place is inviting. This place is serene. It's peaceful. It's yours. And you can come back to it anytime you need to. Take a deep breath in. Let it out. Open your eyes. That's been your cool down.
All right, everyone, that's it for your girl. Thank you so much for listening, sharing. Thank you so much for submitting your well mail. Thank you so much for being you. And if no one has told you this week, if no one has told you today, you are worthy, you are deserving. Your purpose is beyond your wildest dreams. I wish nothing for you but good vibes, productivity, moments to reflect and relax, and positivity. Do something good for yourself this week. Do something that feeds your spirit. I know I am. I'm about to right now. (laughs) Thanks again. And you know how we do. We love to quote the songstress. Do it like it's your B-Day, baby. Yay, yay. All right, y'all. See y'all next time. I'm out. Bye.